Hear that? That's the sound of your car's NCT getting closer. But this year, why not rely on an Avantcard loan rather than luck? If it's time to upgrade your car to something newer, it's time you contacted Avantcard. Avantcard offers loans from 5,000 to 75,000 euro, approval in principle in minutes, and personalised pricing made for you. Find out more at avantcard.ie. Lending criteria, terms and conditions apply. Avantcard DAC Trading's Avantcard is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Welcome back to another Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell, joined as always by Matt Williamson. Matt, how's it going? Things are great, man. How are you? Things are good. Good, good. Last time we answered some listener questions. We're going to answer more listener questions today. We had so many, we had to break it up into a two-parter. We've got some fun ones today. I I said last time we were going to talk about Antonio Brown. We didn't talk about Antonio Brown, so we'll start the show with that today. I know... That's got to be your favorite topic right now. Uh, no, I'm sure it's something you, <laughs> you, you're probably tired of hearing about, but we still have to talk about it. And people definitely want your opinion on that. Sure. We'll, we'll start. Just dig right in. Right. Yeah, we'll, Before we'll, we do, I just want to commend our Twitter followers and listeners. Really good questions. These shows yeah. that we do are really, really good. And they, they make me tax my brain a little bit for sure. There's not very few easy answers. Well, that's not and, saying much, though, right? Well, that's true. And uh, speaking of small brains, we'll get to AB here in a minute. Oh. Is <laughs> I don't think he's going to be a stealer. You know, I mean, to pull back the curtain, we're recording this on the, what, the 17th? Something and, like that. Yeah, right. I don't have my phone next to me, whatever it is. And um, I think that they will take their time. I think there's five or six teams that are interested. I mean, he won't even call the head coach or owner back here in Pittsburgh and is doing very bizarre things. And I was telling you before we hit record, I mean, his 30 for 30 or football life or whatever, or his hall of fame situation is going to be a odd story because I think he's kind of gone off the deep end and, He's still great, though. I mean, his film this year was as good as ever. And we saw it right his last game played with the Saints in Week 16. He was awesome. And you saw the Steelers' offense without him. I mean, it struggled. So I think him leaving, no matter what, hurts the Steelers' offense a great deal. They're not going to get enough in return, even if it's pretty good draft capital, which I think they'll, you know, will we'll end up getting in return. But I also got to think that his stock will drop no matter where he goes. I mean, more change for this guy. Is that a good thing? If he ends up in San Fran or Oakland or somewhere like that, is that a good thing? Uh, but the question is, what's his buying price? You know, what's his dynasty value? So our, band, our man Billy asks here, I don't know. I mean, now I throw it to you. With that knowledge, what are you willing to give up for him? What are you willing to take for him? He's highly productive. Yeah, he certainly is. I mean, what what we know for sure is that his value is dropping. That's that's partially due to his age. Mm-hmm. You know, pe- people don't want to invest in a 
30-plus-year-old wide receiver. So we knew his value was going to start dropping regardless of all of this. I mean, Julio and A.J. Green are dropping too. Right. Without craziness going on off the field. We also know, at least maybe not for sure, but with relative certainty that he's going to be gone from Pittsburgh. And like you said, Mm -hmm. like we've talked about with Kareem Hunt, looking probably looking at a new situation, that change is not going to be a good one for his production for his fantasy value so there there are only i don't know there's there's very few spots he could land and be in as good of a situation as he was with pittsburgh so right we know the values dropping we know the stats the numbers the fantasy scores are probably going to drop as well and, and you know i mean to me a lot of people might not agree with this but to me playing fantasy football playing dynasty football especially because you have these guys potentially for years at a time. I want to get guys that, that I just like rooting for, right? That's, that's one reason I I am such a big fan of, of Juju Smith Schuster. He's, he's just so easy to root for. Antonio Brown is not that right now. He is not easy to root for. He is, he is not self-endearing himself. Yeah. Right. I mean, for me, the price would have to be pretty low to even want him on my team. Now, that being said, We've, we've got some trades here from the DLF. All right, trade let's finals. do that. Let's start there. And before we do, I just want to mention, too, I mean, I know this is very obvious, but I, I got to think Washington stock is spiking as we speak, too. We, we've we got a James Washington question yep, yep. In, the, in the hopper as well. Um, I want to look at a couple trades here. Michael Thomas for Antonio Brown and Golden Tate. Oh, I'll take Thomas. Okay, so that's... You know, no offense to whoever made this deal, but that's do that, that deal. that's yeah. not a trade that that should have happened regardless of all of this. I mean, if right. if, it, if this all Two never guys, happened, right, right. Michael Thomas is the player you want in that situation for without all of this. Now knowing that Brown might be in a new situation and and just all of this off field stuff that's starting to stir up. Yeah, certainly Michael Thomas. The next one. Before we move on, if you don't mind, I thought you were yeah. going to say Michael Thomas for Antonio Brown and 1.03. Right. That's that's kind of thinking about it. Right? That would be more in line. Yeah. Okay. What about this one? I, I think you might switch sides here. Antonio Brown for Calvin Ridley and a second rounder. Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Still got to go Brown there. Obviously, if you're a contender, you're taking Brown. If you're mm-hmm. not a contender and you, you have AB, you've got to get more than that. You got to be at least that, Ridley right? in a first rounder. Like I can't start Ridley for a while. I mean, Ridley's still somewhat of an unknown to me. Right. And we, we've got a couple people in full on panic mode here. Again, no offense. Sorry. Not, not trying to hurt any feelings here. <laughs> Antonio Brown, a third rounder and a fourth rounder for Devonte Freeman and Jay Ajayi. Don't oh, no. do that. Don't, Don't do that, that. People. Right. Don't do that. No, I mean, not even close. I mean, right. AB's worth all those things. Yeah, no. Right. So if you're looking at ADP, this was collected at the beginning of January. So just a couple weeks ago, Antonio Brown was the 13th overall player in our in our ADP. So 2.01. I That's think if we, right. if we did this right now, or if we're going to try to fast forward to February's data, he's going to be more like a late second, maybe all the way down to a mid third rounder. I'd say he'll drop around. Right. But still not, you know, don't don't go crazy panicking on these trades. If you can trade him, and, and we kind of talked about this 
on our last episode as well. If you, you look at the ADP, you try to get another receiver that's in that second or third round range and something else, right? So maybe it is a DJ Moore. You take DJ Moore in a first rounder. Yes. I almost said, would you take Cooper Cup and DJ Moore for AB? Yes. How about AB for Leonard Fournette? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I want uh, Fournette's a, a whole other story. Right. I'll, I'll take AB there. All right. So thanks. Uh, thanks for that question uh, from Billy talking about the buying price for Antonio Brown. I don't, I don't know if we answered that. The buying price for Antonio Brown for me. If you're a one contender, first rounder, you give him 110, you know, if you're closest year. Yeah. Right. If a I'm a contender, team, I'm giving right. anything. Pick. Right. I'm giving anything outside of the top five, top four or five. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm probably not the person to ask because my price is even going to be lower than, than most. I just, I just don't want the guy on my team. That, mm-hmm. that might be crazy talk for some people, but uh, we're going to. Let's before we do, what kind of running back is he worth? Geis? Is yes. he better than would you how about Dalvin Cook after a suspect season? I'd rather cook. Well, again, going back to ADP as a gauge only, he was ahead of Nick Chubb. I'd rather have Chubb. Yeah. He was ahead of Joe Mixon. He was ahead of David Johnson. What about his current teammate, James Connor? I went Brown. I understand Connor's in a good situation, but I think his situation gets worse if A B's not there. And I just think that he's not a talent like Mixon or Geis or any of those type of guys. And what about his other current teammate, Le'Veon Bell? Oh, I thought you were going to say Juju, which would be an easy one now. Uh, I guess I want Bell. That's a good one, though. Yeah, yeah, that is close. Yeah. We're going to talk a lot of Steelers today. All of these guys are kind of hot topics in the dynasty community. I wanted to get your thoughts on this, Matt, and I know you're going to be down around the team facility later this week, so you'll know more about this then, and maybe you haven't even seen this. The Steelers made an interesting hire today, bringing in Eddie Faulkner, which is a name I did not know, but Eddie Faulkner is a former coach at NC State, worked with Jalen Samuels there as the tight end and fullback coach and also was the special teams coordinator there. Now he's going to be the running back coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers. What does that tell you about how they view Jalen Samuels and how they view James Conner? Yeah. And to be very honest, I hadn't heard that yet. (laughs) And which is surprising because that's always big news in my hometown and the team I'm always out in with. And I'm doing a radio show tomorrow. I'm sure we'll spend a topic or or a segment or two about that. And my opinions will probably change. The one thing, this is kind of not dynasty related, but the Steelers and Tomlin were ridiculously bad on challenges this year. And there was some talk that their next running back coach would be kind of a well-versed guy to be that guy on game day and maybe that would make a lot of sense when you said he's also the special teams coach maybe that's going to be a big role for him but my initial thoughts are forget the days of Jerome Bettis and pound it in a cloud of dust I mean their backs are going to be receivers do you think just his presumed relationship with Samuels I mean is is that an obvious boost as we think it is and is mm. it a negative for Connor? Do you think? I know. I know this is yeah. brand new. It's brand new news for you. And no, and that's all right. I mean, uh, my opinion on Samuels doesn't change though. Like I still have been saying, I bet the Steelers go sign 
Spencer Ware, Jay Ajayi, LaDavis Murray, somebody like that that's cheap and not real exciting but has had success in this league. Okay. I don't, you know, I don't think they go in with Connor and Samuels. And I know his numbers were really impressive, but like if you watch the Patriot game, and the Patriots are obviously very smart, they begged the Steelers to give the ball to Jalen Samuels. You know, like they had no fear from him whatsoever. Like that's as easy a sailing as it's going to get. They were worried about Juju and AB. And so, yeah, he was successful, but I don't think he's all that talented. And I think he's a, a running back three. So, I guess to answer this question, I would be selling Jalen Samuels right now because I'm sure his stock's up a little bit. Yeah, I think I would as well. We're going to stick with the Steeler talk here. We might do a whole Steeler show. We'll see. Uh, (laughs) Tyson says, Tyson, another league mate of mine. Tyson says, this is a sensitive subject here, Ryan. I'm glad he appreciates that. If AB leaves, Tyson says he thinks that hurts Juju more than it helps. Mm. Matt, I'm going to leave that one up to you. We, we've seen Juju. It's it's a very limited sample size. Uh, Antonio Brown missed some games, missed a couple of games this year, missed a, uh, a few games last year in Juju's rookie season. The numbers were good. Juju's numbers were good when he was serving as that wide receiver one. Uh, but again, that was a handful of games total across two seasons. But in general, if AB is gone and, and Juju is acting as the full-time wide receiver one, the top target in that offense. Can he succeed in that role? Succeed, yes, no doubt. Um, I don't know if it hurts him or helps him, but what I can tell you is for the first two months of the season or so, every team, especially with Bell not being there, got to take away A.B. And that's why I say that he's better than ever because, yes, he's always gotten doubled his whole life, but now it was easier there was less things to get in the way. He had even more attention and still was great, especially on tape. Um, but as the season went on, I think there is a, a common belief in the football world that when you're playing an offense, you can do pretty well to take away two of their five. You know what I mean? Like, it was tough to take away Kelsey, Hill, and Hunt. You know, like, you kind of have to pick your poison. And teams started – Juju got more and more attention, I, I felt, as the season went on. Kind of like I said about Samuels, people were saying, hey, hand it to him. We're going to take away these receivers the best we can. But it didn't hurt him all that bad. And to me, that was a big test that even with a lot of focus on you, you've established yourself after a year and a half of the league as a serious threat, that he still performed in a big way. So the question I'm always asked about this is, is Juju a wide receiver one? And I've said this many times, too, that there's not 32 wide receiver ones in the NFL there's 12 or 15, and I think he's right in that neighborhood. You know, if Amari Cooper is the worst wide receiver one out there, I think Juju's similar. Okay. Makes sense? Fair. Yeah. That's and they're going to add somebody else. I mean, it's not just going to be – if they trade A.B., which I think they will, they can't go into next year with the receivers they have. All right. Well, that that brings us to our uh, this. We'll try to make this our final Steeler question. <laughs> this is from Just a Dude. At this point, who do you prefer? With the idea, AB is gone. James Washington or Chris Godwin? So we know the the Washington value spike is already happening. His mm-hmm. he's already gaining value, and nothing is even official yet. So just looking at those two young receivers. First of all, it sounds like. They're not going to hand, in your opinion, they're not going to hand Washington the wide receiver two job. 
No, I don't think so. I mean, I loved them watching him in camp and, you know, being next to him in minicamp and preseason. He was phenomenal. But his rookie season was, you know, underwhelming. And a lot of times he didn't know where to be and um, didn't adjust the deep balls as well as you'd think. So I think right now it's pretty clear that Godwin's the better football player. I don't think Deshaun Jackson's going to be back in, ten- or in Tampa. And they have a new coach in Arians who throws the ball a lot. Um, I think Godwin's the obvious answer here, but that doesn't mean Washington won't start the season as the Steelers quote starting receiver opposite Juju, but I bet they sign Chris Conley and use another second round pick on a receiver too, or something like that where Godwin Godwin's pretty valuable to me. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think what we saw with Godwin last year, uh, last off season is exactly what we're going to see with James Washington this year. Yeah, right. People people looked at that Tampa Bay offense, and Godwin had an okay rookie season, right? He he showed some flashes, but certainly didn't set the world on fire. And then people look at that team, and we assumed at that point that Deshaun Jackson was going to be gone, and we're we're just slotting Chris Godwin in for that wide receiver two role and, and a major value spike, and and he did see a major value spike. He just didn't really see that production. Yeah, we we're just asking too much of the poor young guy. Right. And doesn't mean he's bad all of a sudden. I think we could see the same for Washington this year. We've already seen his value increase. I think it will continue to increase. I I would buy right now and maybe even sell later in the offseason. For me, I'm I'm still choosing Godwin between those two, kind of like you. Yeah, I think that's pretty easy. And it wasn't that long ago that there was a very common theory that there's that third year spike for receivers that if these guys don't light it up as a rookie, we often think, ah, they're losers. You know, like, I mean, I don't see it that way, but I mean, Godwin might be ready for that spike now where Washington might be ready for it a year from now. Right. Next question comes from Ben. This is a a topic. We, we talked a little bit about last, uh, last week, a couple weeks ago with Curtis Patrick, Ben says, what are your thoughts on Jameis Winston's future and how Bruce Arians affects him? Matt, I'm going to leave this one to you. The Bucks brought in Bruce Arians. Everybody's excited about Winston and Evans and, and all of their pieces. How do you see uh, him affecting that offense, specifically Winston? I think it's a positive move for sure. I've been a Winston believer pretty much every step of the way and thought he's gotten too much heat. Um, I mean, he is a massive risk taker that'll probably never go away. But I always thought that organization didn't help him because they never gave him a running game and they just put him in risky situations, but he's immensely talented. Arians has a great track record with similar, similar physical, you know, players in luck and Ben in his younger years, there were move around guys and big and physical, strong arms, a lot of ability. And I don't think Winston is, doesn't understand coverages and things. I just think he takes too many risks and maybe he can, you know, dial it in a little bit. I do think they'll throw deep. So I'm a believer in Winston. I think his stock is only going up. Yeah. He, he too seems to be gaining value already. And, you know, if you're in a one quarterback league, it's probably not even worth bothering with. I don't, right. I don't know. Right. Yeah. You can get it. He's fine. Right. Yeah. Uh, super flex league. I like the idea of buying while you can. I think value will continue to increase the more we think about and talk about that offense. Next question from Micah. Matt, I noticed you answered this one on Twitter. We're going to answer it again here. <laughs> yeah. Micah says, is Gronk done? I just said yes. 
I said yes as well. I said, <laughs> we may see his last game this week ever. Yeah. I don't even know if you can trade him in good conscience, but uh, if you can, if you can find a buyer, you know, right now before Sunday, I don't even know if this show's going to be out before Sunday, <laughs> but it, it may not. We, we may, he may have already retired by the time this show's out. That's how, that's how close to done he is. I mean, this, his credit, he is blocking like a madman, but they don't even throw him the ball anymore. You know, yeah. like they told you all they need to know. If by chance he announces after they get eliminated or win the Super Bowl or whatever, hey, I'm coming back, sell him that that second. My real frustration, and and I think, you know, this time of year you always want to look back at, at your season and kind of self-evaluate, things like that. And I think back to that that day this summer when the reports came out that they were trading him, right? Mm-hmm. That there were there was big news out of New England and and quickly people assumed that they were trading Gronk and then nothing ever happened. Later we learned that they did try to trade him to the Detroit lions. And that was just a huge, right. Flashing signal to all of us. This is the time to sell. Yeah. Right. If If Belichick is giving up on him, now is the time to sell. And I don't know. I don't know about you. I kept my shares. I wish I hadn't. I wish I only I'd... had one share and I ended up winning the league, but he he hurt me more than he helped me. And now yeah. he's an anchor. Yeah. Uh, You're right, that... though. I mean, the second most important player in this Patriot dynasty, in my opinion, they're considering trading. Well, let's side on Belichick's side here and get, you know, let's take the read the tea leaves here, fellas. What are we doing? Yeah. You You talk often about how team's decisions tell us exactly what they're thinking, whether it's signing a free agent, their draft picks or whatever it might be. And that was, that was the decision they tried to make. Um, it, it obviously didn't pan out, but we, we should have taken a lot from that. And and at least I didn't, hopefully our listeners were smarter than me. And along those lines, I mean, where else do the Patriots tell us this off season? They trade Brandon cooks. And they use a first round pick on a guard slash tackle and a running back. Like they know Tom's getting old too. You know, like they got to change how they play football. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. A- another hot topic has been Damian Williams, Chiefs running back. We've seen him just tear it up uh, in the the last few games of the regular season and now into the playoffs. We got a couple questions. Pops, where are you targeting Damian Williams in a startup? And Joey, what is Damian Williams' dynasty value? What rookie picks are you willing to spend on him? Uh, I've I've got some ideas here, but I would love to hear your thoughts on Damian Williams and his future with the Chiefs. All right, here's my thoughts on he's a guy I've owned on a lot of dynasty teams before he was a Chief with his Dolphin days. I always kind of liked his style. I thought there's talent there. Maybe if he gets a break, he'll do well. But I'm also worried from a talent evaluation that what we're seeing now is a lot like I said about Jalen Samuels was everyone's going to do everything in their power to take away, you know, Kelsey and don't beat me over the top with Hill. If you're going to keep handing it to Damian Williams, then you're not getting 12 yard chunk plays. We're happy. You know, we'll take it against an offense like that. And I also think he's a classic example of fresh legs late in the year, you know, kind of like the CJ Anderson effect, you know, right. good, good running backs at this haven't taken a beating all year and we see it every year like you know in November December 
they get a chance and wow, they're the, they're the new big thing. Rarely are they, you know, because there's a, they were backup for a reason. But I guess my question to you with Hunt out of the equation, where a free agent to be, what percent chance do you think Williams is the lead back in Kansas City, which in itself has immense value? Well, again, we, we just talked about teams giving us information with the moves they make. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and just about, I think it was just a couple weeks into Williams' time as a starter there, just within the past five or six weeks, they signed him to a two-year contract extension. Telling. Right. It, it is. You can look at the details of that and, and obviously the guaranteed money and, and things like that are important to note. But they knew Hunt's not coming back and where sure. probably isn't either. So sure. They may sign him to number two money. That's, you know, right. And, they, and he's happy to sign anything at this point. Yeah. We, we actually, as far as I know, I haven't seen details on that. No, contract, but, but it's not huge money. There's no way they gave him, you know, he has no track record. Well, that would, that would be the really important information. We'll have to see if we can track that down, but with, with every game that he performs well, you know, whether it's a product of the system or not, it doesn't really matter, right? I no, mean, not for not for diamond for fantasy, right? If if we say, oh well, he was he was just you know he was a, a third running back with the Dolphins, and he averaged two point nine yards per carry, or, or never really had success, and and he he went a long time without a you know without a contract, just on the streets waiting for a job. None of that matters if he's the chief starter. I want him. He's a starting player every week if he's the chief starter. Right, right. So it's and I, I kind of lean towards him being the starter next year right now. I think the more the more success we see from him, and it's yeah. happening every single week, uh the obviously the more likely it is. This ADP jump is maybe the biggest one month jump I've ever seen. Really? We we've been tracking this ADP since January of 2013. So we're we're moving on six years here. Uh, the highest ADP we ever had for Damian Williams was September of 2015. His ADP was 197. That's his peak. That was his peak prior to this month. Last month in December 2018, his ADP was 231. Wow. His current ADP is 77. <laughs> he goes from 231 to 77 in one month. I mean, from outhouse to penthouse. Absolutely. Looking at some of the players around him. And again, this is not trade value. This does not mean you can go out and trade him for these guys, but it does kind of seem reasonable. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Eric Ebron, James White, Anthony Miller, Dante Pettis. That kind of seems about right. Yeah, that sounds, yeah. I I probably want all those guys over him. But, I mean, going back to the Chiefs and – if I'm in charge of that team, I got so much tied up in Watkins and Kelsey and Hill and Mahomes is it's working without a stud running back. And boy, my defense needs a lot of work. Am I going to go sign <coughs> Tevin Coleman or Le'Veon Bell? Or can I afford to use a first or second round pick on a running back? See, Probably not. They've, they've got to make some move, obviously, yeah, because yeah. They're, they're going to lose wear. But their reasoning has to be, why even spend free agent money? Sure. Why spend a first rounder? You know, not with that defense. We've seen Kareem Hunt, who was a, a a second or third rounder, be 
very productive. We've seen Damian Williams, this guy we got off the street a few months ago, be very productive. Why spend a first rounder? Why sign Tevin Coleman or Le'Veon Bell or Mark Ingram? Why not just use our third or fourth rounder on Benny Snell, my guy from Kentucky, maybe? Uh Damian Harris, I don't, I'm not sure where he's being projected, but you mm-hmm. you look at these rookie running backs that are largely flying under the radar right now. One of them is going to see a major value boost when the Chiefs select him. Yeah, while you were sitting there say, talking about all that, I was thinking that all sounds really good for Williams, but I want that rookie that they take in the fourth round. Well, I want them both. Well, yeah, there you both. go. For what they cost, there you go. All right, so let's let's try to answer each of these questions. Again, Pops says, where are you targeting Damian Williams in startups? I just told you he's going 77 overall. I told you some of the names around there. Looking just at the running backs, he's behind James White. He's behind Jordan Howard. He's directly in front of Jarek McKinnon. Uh, in front of Royce Freeman. I I like him more than Freeman, but I like McKinnon more than those other guys. Uh, I guess that's right. But yeah, my hunch is right. he probably doesn't end up on my team. You know, for where he's going, I bet I'll like five guys better for whenever he's going off the board. You know, you know Matt, I mean, I, I mean I'm, I'm not a Bitcoin guy at all. Like I don't, I, I know, mm-hmm. I know very little about it but this feels kind of like the dynasty version of Bitcoin, right? We saw the, we saw the massive spike, I don't know, about a year ago, I guess. And, and it went from almost nothing to what, $20,000 per, I think. If if you were one of those guys that got in cheap, it felt great. And you, right. Right. And and do you sell now or do you wait for it to go higher? Uh, And then I I dump it and then it plummeted right now. It's, it's it's not even near what it was uh, a few months ago or a year ago. So that's that's kind of what we're playing with here. We saw the massive jump from 230 to 76 or 77. We could certainly see another major fall going, uh, another major change going the other direction with Damian Williams. And chances are, if you own them, you're like me and you had them on the waiver wire. And, you know, I didn't end up having them in any of my leagues. I dumped them, unfortunately. But he was probably your last guy in your roster type of dude. And then this happens, and now you're thrilled. But I might just get out. Like, if, if you have him now and somebody offers you the 112 rookie pick. Oh, right? yeah. I'll take the pick. You're, so you're taking any first? Yeah. Okay. Or future first. Or, yeah. Yeah, I think I'm taking any first as well. Uh, but once we get into that second round, you know, two, two, three, two, four, I think I might hold it. What if I offered you Kareem Hunt for him? I want cream hunt. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> yep. No doubt. All right. One and- of them's legit NFL running back. I don't know the other one is. Yeah, yeah that's that's true. But it's, he's got the system going for him. Oh, yeah. That's all that matters right now. Uh, Martin says, in a Superflex dynasty, what is the value of Cam Newton? How long would you keep him uh, if he's not on your sell list? So we, we saw a little bit of concerning news recently with Cam Newton. There was even talk that he could have another surgery that might even cost him the 2019 season. I don't think we're ready to panic on that one quite yet, but he obviously was hurt there at the end of the season. I mean, that, that throwing motion was, was painful to watch. 
And I was, I was glad when they were eliminated because it meant he got to, to rest that injury and, and hopefully start to recover. Another shoulder surgery would obviously mean a drop in value. I'm not selling him at that low point. I believe in the talent. He's going to, he's going to bring a lot of value with his feet anyway. So even if there are some, you know, there's some lingering concerns like there were with Andrew Luck to start this season. We still know Cam can give us some, some fantasy production with his legs. Yeah. It's certainly some luck parallels where, but, right. but Newton's older than when this happened to luck and even more beat up. I mean, and yes, he does run, but I got it. I mean, and certainly we saw this as after his injury, the second half of the year, he runs less now, you know, I mean, it's, it helps McCaffrey quite a bit. I mean, if you own him in a super flex, I don't think you can get enough. Uh, by no means can you dump him for nothing, but he's his stock's got to be the lowest it's ever been. Would you sell him in a super flex for Josh Allen? Oh, yeah. yeah easily. You'd rather have Allen? Yeah. Because he runs like crazy. What, Josh Rosen? Uh, no. Okay. I like Rosen the player, but he's not a real... F- he doesn't run, and is and they're so far away from being competitive on offense right now. Sam Darnold. Darnold. You want Darnold over Cam? So he's he's dropping. I mean, he's been in that quarterback one range for a long time. It sounds like for you, he's dropping maybe outside of the top twenty. Mm, definitely out of the top fifteen ish. How about Carr? No, geez, Cam. <laughs> I hear you. I just think he's uh, uh, he might be broke. I guess the the real decision might come when you start looking at the whole group of older quarterbacks, right? Rivers, Breeze, Brady, Ben, Matt Ryan. I mean, I guess I want Cam over all those, not Rogers. I don't know if you mentioned Rogers or not in that group, but I want Rogers over those guys. Sure. How about Jameis? Mm. I want Winston. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Oh, that's scary. I think he might be broke. Uh, It might be done. I don't like to hear that. I know. Last question from Joel. Joel says, as the Philip Lindsay owner, I'd like to buy Royce Freeman as insurance. What would you feel comfortable paying? Uh, well, let, let's talk about handcuffing with our running backs in general. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? I don't go out of my way to do it, generally yep. speaking. I mean, James Conner's fans are pretty happy they did with Lev Bell. I mean, there, there obviously are some advantages to it, but I don't spend a round or two earlier just to make that happen. Um, the Denver situation is really interesting though. I mean, you got to think new guys are in charge of this team and Philip Lindsay's hurt. Philip Lindsay's hurt and he's little, there might be a bias against his size, but he's the better player. I know Elway's the guy that pulls the most strings in that organization. I mean, he, you know, it was around for the last regime, but this smells more like a committee to me. Although I don't think Freeman's that good. Yeah, I would not be buying Freeman. I mean, if if you're in this situation and you you really want the the duo, I guess I'd pay a late second for Freeman. That's probably the max. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did we did a rookie redraft on a recent podcast, and Freeman was a third rounder. So he so fell. Right. Um, what if it's the other way around? You're buying Lindsay. Well, you're not buying you're not buying Lindsay as a handcuff. You have to at least right. assume he's the starter. But like you, I'm I'm not even sure if that's a safe assumption. 
all the things you mentioned, new coaching staff and injury and, and they spent, uh, they spent a, a draft pick an earlier draft pick on Freeman. Can't imagine they totally want to give that up or give up that, uh, that draft capital. You don't have to squint too hard though, to think their 2020 starter is playing at Clemson or Alabama. You know what I mean? Right. I'm, I'm selling, I'm really selling both of these guys, honestly. Me too. Yeah. Sell, sell Freeman for a second if you can. Sell Lindsey for a first, especially if you can get a top eight first or so, right? Mid, yeah. mid first rounder. You sold him recently, I heard. Yeah, for in that neighborhood. Um, mid, mid first. One note, though, you know, since this has been a Steeler show, Mike Munchak is now their offensive line coach, and yeah. there's no one I have more faith in to create a great line out of, you know, chicken scraps turning into chicken stew or whatever the saying is that's you know, g-rated like something yeah. along those lines something like that i can promise you their blocking will be better that's one guarantee well let's let's end on the on the steelers note since it has been a steelers show we talked earlier about this new running back coach they hired they they parted ways with their previous running back coach who had seen some success they lost mike munchak their offensive line uh, offensive line coach that had been there so long. And, and not only did, you know, he got some head coaching interviews, but he took mm-hmm. the, he took the same job with Denver. Uh, so he didn't get a promotion. He, he just, he just wanted out. And he was runner up for that head job. Right. We, so we've looked at Pittsburgh for so long for stud running back production from Samuels to Connor, to Bell, to D'Angelo Williams, to Jerome Bettis and, and I'm I'm missing some guys in there, but it's Willie Parker. And, yeah, yeah, well, right. yeah, for for 20 years we've gotten RB1 production. Is this the year that that changes? Hmm. 2019. I really do think we'll look back as a very pivotal off season in Steeler history, where it's a little bit more of a youth movement. They pick a little higher than they usually do. Didn't make the playoffs. Um, I tend to think yes, but not by leaps and bounds. You know that. Uh, again, I don't think Connors is talented as Bell or some of the guys before him, D'Angelo. And I think the blocking will be worse and the passing game will probably be worse without AB. So, yeah, I think there's a smaller pie in the Pittsburgh running back world now. Well, one reason we've seen such, such success from those individuals is the Steelers have always be- basically believed in a one-back system, right? Every Every other team is moving to some type of committee, a pass catcher and a you know, a, a pounder or a guy up the middle and they don't do that. It's, it's been Le'Veon Bell or it's been Williams or Connor, whoever was healthy and, and the most talented, that's who it's been. And you've already kind of alluded that you think that might be changing. Well, yes and no. I mean, that's certainly a Tomlin trait without question. And I've been critical of him because sometimes you get to the playoffs and Lev Bell doesn't, the the wheels are off, you know, I mean, you beat these guys up so much, but my co-host on my Steeler show, Dale Lawley mentioned yeah, except for when they had, remember, like Redmond and Wire and those guys. There yeah, was about, yeah. I mean, there That's there was true. not a lead back in that situation. I mean, if there's a good guy, which I don't think anybody would be better than Connor. I haven't said a lot good about him, but he's going to be the man. You know what I mean? Like, if there is a clear lead back, it's going to be a heavy workload. And I think that is true. All right. As I said, we'll wrap it on that. Lots of Steelers talk. And probably lots more as that soap opera continues. Thanks for all the questions. They were great ones, as Matt said earlier. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with more Dynasty Blueprint.